Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily featuring some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we were joined by Maths Whiz, breakout star from University Challenge, West Ham ambassador, uh, TV star. Blimey, he doesn't, he doesn't like anything. He's a teacher. Yes. Bobby Seagull, of course. Yeah, he's a nice, about. nice guy. Very, very passionate nice guy. about West Ham. Popped in, yeah. Blimey. Big West Ham fan, so we chatted to him. Um, we had a bit of a chat about various things. We had racing with Rupert and Lizzie, which always... It's like Moose up. without the maths degree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. And, yeah, Rupert and Lizzie are on good form. They were, we, yeah. There was a, a few things that had gone on with them away from the track that uh, yes, they told us about. So we'll bring you all of that. So I think that should do you. Here it all is. <laughs> Afternoon, Paul, and uh, oh, what a fantastic day's cricket it was! Sensational, it wasn't was it? Just incredible. It was both things. It was wonderful cricket and really, really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nothing's going to change, though, is it? I mean, no. you know, they're going to keep playing the way they're playing, and mm. there, there is a little bit of captain hindsight going on today, but quite measured. I thought it would be much more in the mm. press saying, "Well, if they'd done this and done that," but they're not for changing. They're going to play the way. They want to play. Um, it's great. It's the way... It, look, it made for fantastic cricket. Yeah. The fact that Australia, you know, chose to play this very old-fashioned brand of cricket, it worked for them, but it, they were lucky. They had all the luck yeah. in that game. There's no in question big about that. There were some good performances oh, as yeah. well. No, 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 of course. They're a very good team. And Kawaja, you know, that... He's the epitome of an old-school opener. Throughout the years in cricket, you've had Boycott, you've had, um, I can't think who else is there, Dean Elgar, yeah. those sort of players. You yeah. know, really nuggety, Justin Langer. You, know, you can't get them out. They yeah. defend all day. But that's why people prefer white ball cricket. Yeah. If everybody played like Usman Khawaja, no one would bother. Yeah. There'd be nobody in the stadium. And yet yeah. he was the reason they won the game. Yeah, no, you know, absolutely. So what do you do? You know, it's it's difficult. But they won't change. They shouldn't change. It's, it's wonderful to watch. Mm. And, um, you know, you can look at certain key moments, but, yeah. you know. I, I mean, again, in fair. the cold light of day, you say six catches dropped, yeah. but three of those were incredibly difficult. I mean, the, 
the Stokes oh, yeah. beating himself up for that one last oh, no. night, was which impossible. was behind him. I think he should cut himself some slack, really. But we will be chatting very shortly to uh, Gus Fraser, mm. the former England bowler and selector, mm. and get his take on that. And of course, um, it works differently now in the world. We do have a chief selector these yeah. days, but they will they will sort of sit down and and, and so the three of them decide. Yeah, that's they? right. Yeah, They'll yeah. sit down and. You kind of sense there, as Bumble was saying to the guys earlier on on breakfast, that that Mark Wood will come Wood in. Will play at Lords, and maybe right. it'll be Jimmy or Mate Way. We'll get we'll get the thoughts. Yeah, of, it's going to be in Broad was terrific, and uh, you know it's, they didn't turn to Jimmy really when it mattered yesterday, no. did they? But the decision to fine both teams forty percent of their match fee, yeah, for just being too overshorted is pathetic. Yeah. I can't believe the ICs. They're pathetic. Those twenty-two players just served up one of the best Test matches in history. People were totally compelled. Yeah, the crowd. Loved it. The TV audience loved it. They give them, find them. I mean, it's well, rubbish. I was working out based on what they said the other day. I think Moeen got a match fee of twelve grand for playing in that game. <laughs> yeah, and he lost twenty five percent of it for spraying his hand, and he lost forty percent of it for uh, the slow over rate. Is so that forty percent of seventy five percent, or forty percent of well, the whole for, lot, and then for, another? Tw- I think forty and twenty five. He's lost sixty five percent overall. He's yeah. come away with four and a half grand. Yeah. He's got just over a grand a day and a massive blister on his finger. Probably begin. Yeah. Considering what he makes in the IPL just for turning up, <laughs> yeah, he's probably wondering whether he true. should bother. So anyway, yeah. uh, AI is yeah. um, is coming to the world of sports commentary. Mm. We're going to be chatting to a boffin about it later on from the good people at IBM because uh, they're using it at Wimbledon around some of the, the outside courts and in sort of mm. junior and senior events, etc., uh, for highlights. So it, it's not full live commentaries, no. but the technology... It is moving it's on. It's a sort of robot Dan Ma- <laughs> Dan Maskell. Yeah. Says, Ooh, AI say. Yeah, well, well that's nice. Thank yeah. you. So I've never really thought. As as Andrew, Ian, um, Jacobs, you are AI Jacobs, <laughs> so am. you're already in place. But what about AB Brazil? Yes. We were just thinking we had a slip disc yesterday, but what if we still wanted to keep the magic of Alan Brazil, yeah. even when he wasn't here? I which, let's be honest, can happen. Yeah. At quite short notice. <laughs> and t- it saved Dan's you. getting up at uh, <laughs> five to six and going straight to work. I told you that you could fill in for him yep. one day and no one would know. It'd be like that thing. When... I might get away with it till about ten past six. Well, Rob Bryden did Ken Bruce's show for, <laughs> for two hours. So I reckon you could do that. I think you'd get away with at least an hour. But there's certain th- the way that the AI works is obviously you put certain things, you, you key in certain things mm. and certain attributes. And yeah. you need to get uh, Alan's image right mm. because cause I've been talking today about... Uh, the fact that you could have a McEnroe commentary. But yeah. You'd have to get John on side. He'd have to be part of that process and you'd have to get mm. the intonation, the way he spoke, etc. But um, <laughs> terrible with but that, the idea AI uh, Allen would be great. Morning! It would just <laughs> be fantastic and it just do all the uh, things you want it to do. Next five games, uh, Arsenal away, uh, Man City at home. Be, you could just, uh, yes, it, just yeah. program it all in. Anyway, tell us the ones you want. Talksport.com, text 8 and 89, tweet TSA. And Jay. We'll get Alan to record them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's good. probably thinking, hello, I still get paid and I don't even have to go in. But he'd love it, wouldn't he? he? Would. Alan would absolutely love it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. To set the scene for day two of Royal Ascot, where we head now, it is Rupert Bell and Lizzie Kelly. Good afternoon to you both. 
Good afternoon. The national anthem is just being played. Kids doing this to you, Ruth. We feel bad talking over it, but we can see that. I mean, the, the king. No, is... I can feel you're standing up. Yes, he, he was. Yesterday. I was. Yeah, yeah. of course he was. That's right. uh, I've just seen the royal procession. We're slightly behind you because they've obviously arrived yeah. and be playing the uh, national anthem. And judging by the royal carriages, because we watched yesterday, my wife and I, I'd say the going looks a lot drier. The wheels were definitely making tracks yesterday into the game, whereas today it looked like they're just gliding across the top of the grass. Well, you're very perceptive of you, and uh, I because yesterday we had a lot of rain before racing, nine millimetres, but we've had no rain since then, and it has dried out. So as a result, we don't see... Yesterday we had four distinct lines as four carriages were coming down, they're actually sort of marching almost on, on each one, so not to make too much of an imprint but today, definitely, the ground has dried out significantly as they now make their way uh, sort of in through to the back of the grandstand where the, there are plenty of people there to greet them as they go through and uh, get out and enjoy going to the Royal Box for a, um, a cup of tea or something. Well, I mean, when the Queen was there, of course, we had the, the, the bets. We said, what's the, what's the Queen going to be wearing? What colour is she going to no, be it's wearing? It's King Charles tie now. Oh, right. Well, oh, is it the tie? Mm. Ah, so what tie is he going to I didn't know that, Rupert. I don't know if you, you've been having a little flutter on the King's tie. Um, I, 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 you've caught me with my tie down. Um, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah. Um, so that's what the bookies take odds on, then. Apparently, according <laughs> to the commentary yesterday, but I don't know. I mean, he seems to be wearing the same tie. He's never going to be like... that outlandish. He's wearing, like, a top hat and tail. He's not going to wear a pink... He's not like Mr <laughs> Blobby pink polka dot one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you would be surprised what people wear as ties here. Okay. Um, not the king. No, not the king. You know, he's a certain decorum. One really. with sort of. I suppose maybe you could have one with like little animals on it, and it could yeah. Yeah. decide what animal it might be, oh, like a dog. Yeah. Queen Camilla looked as if she was wearing the same thing as yesterday. But she, couldn't, she wasn't. That, that, that couldn't be right. Was <laughs> <laughs> she just she she's give, saving money? She just gave it a spray down, did she? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Hung it out on the balcony for an hour. Now I've got, I've got one for Lizzie and for Rupert here. This yes. something that happened yesterday. You know, I, I picked it up because I love a sporting measurement. But this is to do with a horse, horse with no name, mm. with a foal the size of a football on board. Basically won the race. Is that a common Pregnant thing? Pregnant horse wins race, Lizzie. Is this yeah, common? Yeah, it can be. It can be. Um, yeah, it would be not unusual um, for mares who are in the early stages of pregnancy to still be to still be racing. Yeah, uh -huh. um, some some mares actually improve. Oh, would no, you really? believe? That's interesting. Oh, well. So yeah, yeah. yeah, it's obviously as they go further along in the pregnancy that you know they stop racing. I, I don't I, know what the legal sort of limit is, but I, th I think that's it for her now. She that is it for her, yeah. But I don't mm, know yeah. um, what the sort of um, BHA regulation is in terms of length of time of pregnancy before they have to stop. But um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, it just shows what the female. Yeah. Can be capable of. You'll be oh, sitting at home watching <laughs> yeah. this morning when you can still run, do you? <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> yes, she um, has been retired to be a mum. You're absolutely yeah, spot on about that. Um, now, we always find out where, how you dined last night after the infamous forecourt incident. So, um, did you, you were left on your own the night before at the Bernie, weren't you? Or the Beef Eater. So, <laughs> yeah. did you all manage to eat together last night? We did, um, but actually, Lizzie noticed something. We went to an Italian restaurant, mm. and they, basically there was two Italian restaurants side by side, 
having a sing-off, i.e. who could play their piped music the loudest. Wow. It was like, uh, who could be the most Italian, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Wow. So we got, uh, we got um, Andrea Bocelli from one, oh, right. and then we've got sort of Oh Solo Mio coming out of the other one, and they were basically cranking it up to yeah. see how loud they could get. <laughs> yeah, <that laughs> so uh, it was rock and roll in Woking last night with um, the Italian um, o- o- opera off. Oh, okay. So, but it was, but we had good food, didn't we? Didn't we? Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, it was. Okay. It was. It was good. Yeah. It was. It was good. Well, you took away a doggy. Doesn't, sound, doesn't sound, sound like they'll be going back there. Doesn't sound like it won't become a regular haunt by the sound. <laughs> no, Lizzie took a doggy bag away with her. She wow. couldn't. Well, eat I ordered a pizza and I couldn't finish it, so I took it home. And it's always a mistake, isn't it? You always think, oh, I'll eat this, but when? When are you going to eat that? Well, you, you You're not going to eat it that night because otherwise you'd have eaten it at the restaurant. Yeah. You can't really have pizza for breakfast. Ooh. So I just woke mm. up, and every time I walked past the box, I could just smell Parma ham, and so I just put it in the bin. <laughs> Quite a lot yeah, of talks about listeners going pizza for breakfast. Sounds all right to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe if you've had a big one the night before. Mm. But, but yeah, the no. trouble is there's no fridge in our in our hotel, so oh. by the end of the day, if you had... No, put- but no one eats cold pizza today. You oh. don't put pizza in the fridge. 03717 No, when all the cheese goes congealed. And- but if it's cold already... You can't, you know, we can't, it's not going to... No, 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 pizza must be room temperature or hot. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a very well, sweaty, smelly pizza if you had uh, thr- we'll, we'll, we'll sit on away. it during the race. We'll leave you to, <laughs> we'll leave you to argue and uh, find out what the listeners make of that cold pizza or not. Well, back to you later, guys. Thanks very much. Thank you. <laughs> Good. Um, there we are, Rupert Bell and Lizzie Kelly. So there we are, a little, yeah. a little tip for you from uh, Lizzie in that first race. Um, if, you, if you want to be bold, uh, just, you know, please gamble responsibly. But yes. around 25 to 1, Prince, Princess Kazara. I won't back in, that means it'll do all right. Good stuff. I can't believe you didn't get on our old friend Martin Ellis-Jones from Hetherington Hats. Yeah, we haven't yet. He'll be, honestly, he's waiting for a phone call. He's waiting for John's call. He's well, standing Maybe there. we'll catch up with him during the end of the, uh, before the end of the week. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Guys, when we spoke earlier on, Lizzie, we, you were telling us that you couldn't finish your pizza last night, uh, took it away in a box, uh, took it back to the hotel, no fridge in the hotel... <laughs> And kind of left it there, and it was smelling and stinking the room out. So you binned it in the end. This that was the story, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, people have been in touch. Uh, Lizzie, <laughs> put the pizza in the fridge so it stays fresh. No fridge, mate. That's that's a problem. Then microwave <laughs> it when it's ready to eat. Well, it, she didn't have a fridge. She probably didn't have a microwave oh, yeah, in the hotel room. Oh, that'll taste either. fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Basic life skills, he says. Or they well, say. Not really. There's a reason why they have those fabulous <laughs> pizza ovens. Yeah. With wood fire, not a microwave. Okay, but there comes a point. Not all of us, when we fancy a bit of pizza the following day, have got a wood fired oven. Well, I haven't. No, okay. You never microwave pizza, Andy. No, you're such a snob. Well, you know. You. And uh, my I think you're actually supposed to fry a pizza with a bit of um, with a bit of water in the frying pan. Okay. Water, yeah, to, to make it crisper. Yeah. Pizza. Mm. Yeah. yeah, good idea. I think yeah. that's what you're supposed to do to make the base crispier. Mm. Somebody hasn't put their name if on it. Just says get into it. pizza out the fridge next day. 
day is the best. Ooh, I don't know about the best. Not the best it's, I mean, the picture <laughs> out of the fridge the next day is adequate if you've got the munchies, basically. <laughs> that, that's about right, isn't it? <laughs> so, good stuff. Um, is it, look, the next race, uh, is it, uh, you've got a cigar on for that one, Rupert? Not as many runners? Well, actually, it's quite a big field I'm looking at. Oh, oh, I, oh, I haven't got a cigar on. Another no. 20. <laughs> i tell you what, Lizzie was in full pointing mode during that, and luckily we got, we got relief rally in time out there. But anyway, but uh, not in time. Anyway, it was, it's only 20, 19, actually. Oh, I can put my feet up. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> Just very, very quickly, in case the, the listeners want a, a fancy little flutter. Lizzie, what do you fancy for the next race, the uh, 305 well, Kensington Palace Handicap? My, my rogue each way bet didn't go particularly well in the no. last race. So uh, I'm going to stick with it. Uh, I'm going to stick with Roman Mist. Okay. Um, ran a nice enough race in the Oaks. Sixth in the Oaks last time out, having won nicely at Goodwood the time before that. She's got top weight. Um, but I'm not too worried about top weight because, you know, there's a reason why they are good, they, they carry more weight. It's because they're better than the other horses. That's mm. sort of what you're, uh, you're looking at. But it's with a bit of a hope and a prayer and the wind in the right direction. So okay. especially after my last rogue each way bet mm. didn't really go very well. I'm not feeling quite as confident, but... I'm going I'm to stick with Roman Miss. Roman Miss, Holly Dawn on board. Uh, Rupert, what about you, very quickly? Uh, <coughs> you, you want her there. Yeah, uh, you that's want what there, Paddy Power said earlier on. He was quite yeah, keen. I, I, I think that's how you pronounce it. James yeah. McDonald, the uh, Kiwi no, jockey. No, that's not how you pronounce it How do you all. pronounce it? You're one there. You're one there. You're one there. You're one there. It's an Irish thing. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah you're, you're one there. there. Yeah. You're one there. Yeah. <laughs> if you say it like that, that'd be even better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like Michael O'Hare I'll do it in a Michael O'Hare impersonation. Yes. That's one for the very older listeners. It but um, uh, you want to? So I'll be practicing it in the meantime between five, now and five past three. Whole commentary. The next commentary yeah. is Michael O'Hare. I, I can't see that. Uh, Rupert, thank you, thank you, Lizzie. Uh, back to them. Five past three. Um, just for a, uh, Christopher and Kunky. AI O'Hare, as I'm hoping for. Yes, that's right. The AI version. Uh, your new signing, Andy. Excited by him are you very very excited yeah he looks very good on uh, youtube you know kevin oh, hatchard said he was good it's funny you're always very sniffy about players on youtube until it's a player you've bought when you no, no. kind of you but see it as i know gospel. i know it's completely wrong because david fafana or whatever his name is he looked good on youtube he looked great on youtube blimey yeah okay <laughs> well are you aware of his trademark goal celebration and yes the balloon yeah it blows a balloon up so I wonder if he does animals for you. But like any younger players that he's playing with, he, he scores a goal and he goes out. He says, what do you want, giraffe? If and we, he starts if to we play like off. we did last season, he won't be needing a lot of balloons. <laughs> okay. You don't want to be the official balloon supplier to Christian uh, Kunku. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. We've been uh, joined in the studio now uh, by uh, U- U- breakout star of University Challenge, teacher, West Ham, not just fan, but ambassador these days. He'll tell us more about <laughs> that. And maths whiz, Bobby Seagull. Bobby, good to see you. Happy Thanker Teacher Day. That's why, you know, that's why we're here today. The Thanker oh, right. Teacher Day. That's why you've popped in uh, to tell us. We've all got a teacher to thank along the way, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, of us do, yeah. Mm. I think teachers are the people that that really shape and change our lives. Even like people that are footballers, they'll have a coach, someone that really believed in them. So I think people that are in a position of influence and authority, they really can shape the minds of our future generation. Yeah. There's that wonderful bit of footage you often see with uh, with Ian Wright, don't you, with his mm. old school teacher when, you know, the oh, guy nurtured him that. and sort of made him the man he was and, you know, gave him the confidence to go out and play, be a professional footballer. So it's always that's a lovely bit of footage that it often pops up on social media. But uh, do, did you have one, Bobby? Did you have a teacher? So I, had, to be honest, I, I was lucky I had a few good teachers, but one... Yeah. That was brilliant. His name was actually like even better than mine. So I'm Mr. I'm Bobby or Mr. Seagull now yeah. as a teacher, not a Brighton fan. <laughs> um, but I had a teacher in secondary school called Mr. Workmaster. Oh wow, Mr. Workmaster, and he was my form teacher and my maths teacher. And he's like, he had this like he's a maverick. Like if, I don't think if he was a manager, he might be like a combination of he's got elements of Pep but elements of Sam Allardyce. So he's got like moments yeah. of like real structure and organisation but other times like one of the lads but genuinely inspired me to love maths. We used to have a teacher mm. that would, yeah, he was a craft teacher and we'd go in and he'd just put albums on. He'd say, just, and then we'd, you know, he'd put on sort of, 
prog rock, Pink really? Floyd, stuff like that. And uh, and he'd play it throughout the lesson. It was wow. fantastic. We always used to really look for... We, we often remember those yeah. slightly maverick, the, the maverick uh, out teachers. there teachers. Actually, interesting in my school, because I'm a, a lot of kids wanted to play football. We're in Newham in East London, a good state school called St. Bond. So mm. Jermaine Defoe is in the air above me. So the kids that were really good at football would end up, even like Divin Mubama at West Ham now went to St. Bond's. So you're either told, if you're really good at sport, you can be a footballer. Or now, like... They're being told the kids, if you're really good at maths, you can be a, a public mathematician. So I'm, I'm, I'm setting a new role model for students at my ex-school. Yeah. I mean, it's lovely for the teachers, I would imagine. It's lovely. It must be a wonderful thing because, you know, that's obviously one of the reasons why they do it. To, yeah, for people, for kids to say, yeah, sure. you know, you were a favourite of mine. must be wonderful. You get that. Like, recently, I was at Stratford bus station and I was walking to... The, and I'm only, like, 5'5 five, five and a bit. And there's a six-foot-one guy standing above said hello Mr Seagull I was like who's this and then it turned out I taught him seven years ago wow. his name was Josh and Josh was like oh so I'm at Queen Mary studying there and you were a great teacher really inspired us and like we had a two three minute chat he made me miss my train mm. Elizabeth <laughs> Line trains only like ten minutes at certain times uh, but he felt really appreciative and I think with students even if you don't know even if, I think sometimes they don't always appreciate it in the middle of the lesson but they definitely you know, when they get older they go actually that was a teacher that really did believe in me so, oh God, I was going to say, so thank a teacher day. What, what does it look to achieve? Just a sort of nod to, to great teaching. Is that what it's about? Yeah, so it's a yeah. day, in fact, not just for teachers, but any sort of support staff in the school. It could be catering, it could be a librarian, mm. it could be a sports coach, but all people who are part of the school community. And obviously every day should be thank a teacher day, but there's a specific day that's designed to encourage schools, parents to appreciate teachers. And in fact, like one of the things is that... Um, Obviously, we don't expect people to give physical gifts because it's in a cost of living crisis and all. Yeah. But on the website, thankateacher.co.uk, people can give um, e-cards designed by, you know, Charlie Charlie Mackesy. He designed uh, the book, what is it called? The the Boy, the Fox, the Mole and the Horse. Mm -hmm. You know that yeah, one? Yeah. So really beautifully designed cards. So it's a day where you just everyone trying to say thank you to your teacher. Nice one. Um, it's kind of, it, life's got an odd direction for you, isn't it? Post-university challenge. You probably didn't expect to be doing lots of telly. Not at all, because actually, after my time at uni, mm. I spent seven years working in the city. So actually, not this city, Canary Wharf. Throughout view here, we can see like, yes. the, the, you know, I guess the shard and the walkie-talkie. You stuff. worked in banking. That's yes, I was a trader at Lehman Brothers. If anyone knows their wow. banking history, that was not a good bank to join. So I was, oh, a, yeah. I was a wheeler and dealer there. <laughs> I was a trader at a Japanese bank called Nomura. And then a little sideways step, I was a chartered accountant at PwC. And so my parents are from yeah. India. Originally, they moved to London in the 70s. And Indian parents are very, they love their kids to be like doctors, accountants, lawyers. So they're very proud of me. But then when I was 30, I took a sabbatical at PwC and I taught new graduates. So these aren't kids. They're 22, 23, but I love the teaching so much. Mm. So I changed careers at age of 30, took a big pay cut, went to yeah. Cambridge to do my teaching training, my master's, and started to become a teacher. And actually was a head of department initially. Wow, I mean, wow. so yeah, you obviously you didn't go into teaching for the money, having worked. Uh, no, uh, no, I wasn't. No, definitely not for the in, money. In banking, so well, it's, yeah, it's great. It's worked out well. Yeah. Tell us, I was going to say, tell us a bit about your a, your work with West Ham and your love of West Ham. You got yeah. the top on today. You're have, from you. You lived in Newham, so yes, you're so a no, local lad. Yes, I, I grew up in East Ham. We've had season tickets for like 20 plus years as a family. I used to be in the chicken run stand, which is a small little one. I used to leave my house at two thirty six, get to the my stand just before 2.50ish in time for the bubbles choruses. Um, 
But like in terms of, so you're asking about my um, you work as an ambassador yeah. these days. The club have brought you in. Yeah. yeah so yeah. what happened was, so when I was in University Challenge, so I still live in Newham and Stratford. I used to always say in the introduction, my name is Bobby Seagull. I'm studying for a master's in maths education. And I'm from East Ham, the London Borough of Newham. And I BBC Studios are like that's too long an intro. Right. No, no, no. I'm sticking with it. I'm saying all of it. What is he from London? No, no. East Ham. <clears throat> and then as my <clears throat> matches progressed in University Challenge, it went viral. A few times, I think BBC did a tweet saying, "Is this the happiest contestant ever on University?" I had like yeah. I articles like Metro and stuff like, "Who's this guy?" Um, and then as I progressed through the tournament, um, West Ham got in touch saying, "Oh, you don't happen to be a West Ham fan, yeah? Season ticket holder at the club." Mm. And they said um, during the matches, "Would you like to come be in a match day program, meet some of the players?" <clears throat> I remember. I think Mikel Antonio was injured at the time, so they got him to meet me. And wow. we had like barbecue wings at half time. <laughs> and then the club saw that I was talking about education and football, my love. They're like, we need to get this guy to be an ambassador. So they got me in to be an education ambassador for the club. Fantastic. So what does that entail then, Bobby? What sort of work do you do? So a lot of it involves that working with the Premier League and uh, local schools and communities. And what we do sometimes, in fact, recently over Christmas, we had a couple of the first team players, Ogbonna and Maxwell Corne. Oh, and right. I organised like a maths quiz championship where they were two team captains. They were a little bit petrified because maths <laughs> might not be their forte. They were team captains and they had two teams of four kids about eight, nine, ten, eleven, and their job was to like confer and get the answers. But yeah. it was an incredible activity. Six hundred kids all in the hall, all watching. It was like a TV show. But yeah. We do different activities, getting in players, going into schools, and showing them actually. If you like football, if you like reading about transfers, looking at league tables, actually, there's education there somewhere. And yeah. then using that as a way to get kids excited about learning. I was wondering if it was the old school, you know, if a, if a football coach leaves uh, West Ham's training ground at uh, 2.15 oh, yeah. to go to Villa Park, how many, you know. But I suppose that they're kind of, it's kind of relevant numeracy and maths, isn't it, when, you, when it's built around something that people love? Yeah, because with young people... As an educator, like I do, I'm an ambassador for national numeracy and the reading agency, so both literacy and the math side. Sometimes if you approach young people and even adults and say, oh, have a go at this Pythagoras question. Oh, read this text by Charles Dickens. Then I go, oh, not interested, sir. But if you find out what they're interested in, again, football in particular, I, you know, my students, they'll tell me happily, ah, oh, sir, West Ham, in the next 10 games, we need to make sure if we win three games, we're pretty much going to get that 40 points and be safe. I'm like... You're doing maths. And these are the same children that say, oh, yeah. sir, I can't do maths. <laughs> Clearly, they can. Yeah. And again, they'll be reading complex articles from various magazines talking about like clubs' future strategies. And yet these same kids say, oh, sir, I can't read a book. So clearly, these young people, they have interests. And if you can capitalise on their interest in football and find, oh, actually, there's numbers and reading there, that's a way to get young people hooked into oh, education. Fantastic. Yeah, you also part of the celebrations you were telling us before. Oh, yes. That was, that was been amazing for that you. That was honestly once in a lifetime. So I did some uh, broadcasting for another <clears throat> broadcaster, I will say. Okay. Uh, don't say the name. Um, <laughs> with Anton Ferdinand, actually <laughs> talking about what it means to be a fan and what it's like you know, <clears throat> winning our first trophy for 43 years, which <clears throat> is a prime number, which is, you know, it's just. Oh, <laughs> more maths. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I. I, uh, I'm an ambassador for the club so they yeah. invited me to join the celebrations and then I know Jack Sullivan the honest son through Instagram as it were so it was like honestly being there I remember one stage Said Ben Rama picked me up and you're like when Michael Jackson was picked up one of his kids yeah. over the balcony. He didn't <laughs> just hanging you over the balcony. Yeah, there's like, I got a funny little video where I'm about to like I'm singing with the players, Tito Kera, and then somebody picks me up from behind and it's uh, Said Ben Rama and we started doing the Said Ben Rama song. But honestly, 
I'm not married, I'm a single guy, but if I get married, it's going to be quite hard to top that where you're celebrating with the players. At one stage, <laughs> yeah. my dad said, my dad didn't know where I was. I said, Bobby, where are you? And I said, Dad, just to check the telly, go to you, check, check, where, check the West Ham celebrations. I was calling him. I'm there standing next to Declan Rice. Wow. I'm like, literally, we're there. I'm like, this is honestly, it's top three life moment. Do you, your family originally from Kerala, so are you, are you a cricket fan as well? Yeah, or? massive. Yeah. At the moment, a bit, a bit down after yesterday's. Yeah. Um, Aussies beating us on the first day of the Ashes. Yeah, so in Kerala, um, they really, Kerala's in southwest India, they yeah. moved to London in the late 70s, but there, the obsessions are, they love learning, education's really important, but football and cricket are the other two obsessions. Mm. Although I think they're all big Messi fans in Argentina. That's right, <clears throat> Kerala's got this weird thing around Messi, haven't <laughs> they? And they had these big cutouts of them down on the river, didn't they? They I do, and Maradona was someone, there were actually some really strangely made statues yeah. of Maradona and Kerala. So as a Kerala, they've got a team called Kerala Blasters, and I think David James played for them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they love their football. Like, I don't understand. India's got 1.2 billion people. People, get a team together. Fine, Come yeah. on, I want to see India play football. I'll be their ambassador, whatever they want. And we must ask you, because uh, I'm sure you're sick of explaining it, but the listeners will be thinking, Seagull doesn't yeah, sound like a massively Indian no, name. It does so it's not. probably worth explaining how that came yeah. about. So my dad's surname is actually Jos, which is a version of Jose, <coughs> hence like Jose Mourinho. <coughs> and the sort of reason that is, is the Portuguese came to South India and Kerala. <coughs> so there's a Catholic connection. <coughs> so people adopted... Portuguese sounding names. So yeah. my dad, so in an in alternate universe, my name should be Bobby Jose or Bobby Jose. But my dad growing up read a book called Jonathan Livingston Seagull mm -hmm. in the early 1970s uh, by an author called Richard Bark. And it's about an inspirational seagull because normally we know seagulls are annoying, aren't they? Yeah. All they do is pinch your chips and squawk and <laughs> quack, whatever they do. Uh, and in this book, seagulls were the same. But there's one seagull, Jonathan Livingston, who found actually greater meaning in life by expressing themselves through flying and just almost like found it it's found like a almost like a transcendental level to their lives and he tried to teach other seagulls that you should be inspired to do greater things than just be a seagull and eat fish and my dad loved the idea of someone learning something for themselves and teaching others that he gave his kids the surname seagull from the day they were born so it's my wow. view it's not like a made up it is a made up name but it's my name from the day I was born Bobby Seagull fantastic wow. the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast back to Royal Ascot for our second commentary race of the afternoon good afternoon again Rupert and Lizzie Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Again. You've done your homework, Rupert. You're on top. You're good. Lizzie's in pointing mode. We're all ready to go. And um, Roman Mist was your little um, each way flutter, Lizzie, earlier on. Yeah, that's right. Um, Tamara is very fancied. Uh, she's a horse who's won over further than this. Um, sort of one more, one more, two. Um, she actually was sold at the Goffs. London sale, which is a very fancy uh, event. I I have been in the past, but I think it's uh, I think it's got fancier since mm. I've been. Um, it's the kind of thing you know when you go in somewhere and all the soft drinks have like a branch of some sort of tree in them. <laughs> One of those kind of parties. Um, she was sold for two hundred thousand pounds on on Monday night. Obviously, she was already entered in this race, so the new owner is able to to take, um, well, have a lovely day out at, at Royal Ascot with their new purchase. So yeah. she she could be very interesting. Rupert, the top of the Rupert was turned away from the door for being too common. 
Yes, that's, 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 that's that kind of do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's in Kensington Palace Gardens. Wow, oh, wow. Very nice. And so, like, a garden party, and then in the background, they're just selling millions of pounds worth of racehorses. Did you take your pizza home in a box from that one as well? <laughs> <laughs> I should have taken a box with me. I, I stood by the kitchen door, essentially, and just sort of grabbed it. Do you take plates. things out of hotel rooms? Ooh. No, uh, no. But Trails bizarrely, I had this conversation <laughs> with some of the <laughs> some of the, the breakfast boys, and they take like the bar of soap and everything. So I've started really? doing that. Oh, well, use bar of soap. They're washed. only going to be able to throw <laughs> it in the bin. So yeah. I've <laughs> what about you, Rupert? No what do you what do you tend to come away with from a hotel room? I dread to think. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I dread to think too. So, uh, because, well, I had the telly out of a. Tr- <laughs> I had the telly out the Ritz. He always one. takes a screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> he always does. Takes yeah. a complete toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, a mini fridge, uh, the entire contents <laughs> of. Um, I, I, I tend to take away. You don't get them anymore because everyone they they're not good for the environment. But those little sort of the shampoos and conditioners. Oh, right. That you oh, get. Yeah, you yeah. know yeah. those little things. Hangers. So can I can be definitely confess. A nice wooden hanger. Is that what you offer them? A nice wooden okay, hanger yes, away, do you? Well, the Premier Inn, the hangers don't come off the, yeah. the little yeah. pole. They're obviously... They're, they're, they're Jacob's they're, proof. That's what it, <laughs> they that's are. What it is. But, but there's, no, there's not much to nick from a Premier Inn, is there? Okay, well, no, that's, that should and be everything's all drilled to the floor. I'll give Lenny Henry a call. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Let's head back to Rupert Bell and Lizzie Kelly at... Uh, Royal Ascot and um, and you got any school sports day what was your school sports day like uh, do you like being chased by the school leopard I take it was uh, it as Michael Palin once said it was uh, well, very posh you, playing the wall game well my sports days took place about 100 yards from Ascot Racecourse oh. and I have I share Andy's trauma of sports days because mm. I was a fat child <laughs> and um, what happened was in the obstacle race and bearing in mind at the sports day I had the Queen and Prince Philip uh, Lizzie's heard this story before so oh, yeah. very nine million times <laughs> sorry but I, <laughs> no, it's well, you're stuff, you can't off. talk at the moment you're stuffing your face with a Royal Ascot chocolate so um, <laughs> you know <laughs> so, anyway back to the sports day story yeah. and what happened was there was an obstacle race and in it there was a, a ladder that was tapered right. everyone who was sensibly built went to the fat end oh. so they can easily get through i thought well, why is no one going there oh. so i went there and got stuck in it got stuck in the ladder in front of the stuck queen in and the prince lad- philip yeah. wow yeah. I bet she not a good that. look did you have to be eased out by a teacher did they have to <laughs> grease the sides did they put a bit of butter on the sides <laughs> Uh, I managed to ex- extricate myself uh, carefully, but feeling a right chump. Uh, Lizzie, you got, um, any, you got any sports day traumas? No, I was always very athletic. Oh, OK. I'm a grade one winning oh, jockey. Yeah. We, can't, we yeah. can't all be small and fat. <laughs> Cruel. It's oh, so, a bit harsh well. on me there, but thank yeah. you, never mind. <laughs> I just always imagine, I have this mental image of you, Andy, standing up to run that third leg with your trousers around your ankles and falling over and everybody <laughs> pointing and laughing. Poor old Andy. Yeah, the bloke who had Bottom this, lip going. the second leg, he, he burst into tears, he was. Oh, wow, it's a very emotional day. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are, that's how it all unfolded today. We uh, reconvene tomorrow. I'll be alongside Charlie Baker 
and Andy, you'll be with uh, you'll be with us for f- uh, the birthday spread. I am. Yes. The gag's good this week. Oh well, you no, know. By the sound of it, fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Well, let's find out. Well, uh, yeah, we'll have a birthday spread for you tomorrow. But uh, thanks for listening. If you can't join us on one tomorrow, the podcast, as always, will be available around four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four p.m. on Talksport. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.